Do you know what it's like to be an Amish person? You'll find out coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor today, Anna Schrock. She is a former Amish woman who has come to Christ. Now, you may be listening to that and wondering, wait a minute, aren't all Amish people Christians? Well, we'll be discussing that in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show Subscribe to our new YouTube channel at PJC Media, where we are uploading old shows, new shows, and exclusive content. Go ahead, subscribe today. Lastly, I want to thank you all for your support of my newest release, A Chance with Zhao Xin. It is part of the Last Chance Bride series, which is taking place 15 years after the events in the Blizzard Bride series. So your response has been absolutely phenomenal. So if you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of A Chance with Zhao Xin, available exclusively on Amazon.com. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on board my guest today, Anna. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with me today. I'm so excited to talk to you. My pleasure. Now, i got to let our listeners know how Anna and I connected. I was looking up information about Amish people, and I came across her blog. Her blog had a lot of interesting information about being Amish, Amish recipes, Amish customs, Amish way of life, and so many things, but she said she left being Amish. I had no idea what that meant, and I wanted to get some more insight. Most people, when they see Christian fiction, they see a slew of Amish fiction, and I wonder... Do people really think Christian fiction solely is Amish fiction? And so we're going to be talking about that with Anna today. But before I do that, Anna, go ahead and tell our listeners about yourself. Okay. I grew up in Lancaster County with the New Order Amish. There's a lot of difference in Amish groups. Some of you may be aware. But the New Order Amish are some of the most progressive Amish. And they do have some different beliefs than other Amish people. So yeah, I grew up Amish and I was with the Amish until I was, I think it was 22 years old, somewhere around there. I finally left. I wanted to leave for years before that, but we were not of age until we were 21. So I couldn't keep most of my money and different, it was just different reasons. I couldn't really leave before then. I finally left, but then I joined the Mennonites. So I didn't really leave the culture per se. I just 
could drive a car. <laughs> yeah, so I got married at 25 to a guy that was kind of what you would call Mennonite Pentecostal. So I've had some interesting different religious backgrounds there. And today I am living in Missouri. We have four kids. My husband and I have been living in Missouri since we got married. And we are kind of a non-denominational, but Pentecostal in belief. So the Lord has brought me on quite a journey. It's been interesting. I love the fact that you mentioned about Mennonite, New World, Amish, Progressive, you could drive a car. These are all things that pop in my head going, oh, my gosh, I thought Amish people only drove buggies. (laughs) And what do you mean? They don't use electricity. They like to run around at night. And there's all these weird, crazy ideas about Amish people. Right. What I want to do is use this discussion to, first of all, dispel some of the myths about Amish people. And what I would like to ask you is when you were growing up Amish, you were pretty much encapsulated within the culture, correct? Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. So being encapsulated in that culture, you sort of had like this idea, we are the right people and everyone else out there is wrong. When you came out of that bubble and you started to intermingle with different people from different walks of life, was that a concept that really was destroyed by meeting other people? Well, there's so much difference in Amish people. And so in our church, we weren't as much to where, I mean, I knew there was other Christians in the world. Like I knew we were not the only ones going to heaven. Now we did think pretty much that we were the ones that interpreted the Bible correctly. And like, The head covering. The head covering is a huge issue with the Amish and Mennonites. And almost with a lot of them, you're almost not saved if you don't wear it. But we had a discussion in Sunday school one time. So our other Christian, per se, what we would have said, they are Christians. Will they make it to heaven without a head covering? The answer, the conclusion we came to was they weren't taught better. So they're okay not wearing it. But for us that were taught that we needed to wear a head covering, it was a sin if we didn't wear one. So that was kind of the mindset. My dad was a man of faith, and we did, in our church, we evangelized. The New Order Amish are more evangelistic. Now, we don't necessarily try to get people to come to our church, but we did want to see people saved. So, for instance, we would go to New York City and have a service at Bowery Mission like once a year our youth group went up and my dad was friends with some of the men that ran the place and they even came out to our farm and visited us so we knew there was other Christians and we intermingled some like we weren't totally totally sheltered but it was still we thought we were we had I guess we felt like we had more light from the Bible I don't know it was it's kind of just really steeped in a lot of religion. Do you think that a lot of the Amish beliefs for those who are more sheltered are steeped in doing things to get to God as opposed to, okay, go ahead and expand on that for me, please. Okay, so like the New Order Amish and a lot of the ones that are stricter, like personally, I feel like the stricter the Amish are, the more darkness there is. Okay. And so, like, the Amish that I'm around here in Missouri, 
I didn't even know back when I was growing up Amish that this kind of Amish existed. Like they don't even have indoor plumbing. They use outhouses. They're like really strict. And they don't look happy. There's a lot of darkness there. And personally, I know I'm not the judge, but most of the Amish people that are really strict are not saved. Okay. They believe in salvation by works. That's what they're taught. Now, the interesting thing is they do believe in Jesus. They believe he was the son of God and that he came to die for our sins. But having that belief, they still think that it's their work is what's going to get them to heaven. So it's kind of a conflicting message there. It's almost like I believe what Jesus did for me, but it wasn't enough. Basically, that's kind of how they look at it. Now, they probably wouldn't admit that, but it's the way it is. The New Order Amish, I will say, a lot of them, I personally believe, are saved. Because the New Order Amish teach more, and this is one difference in the Amish and the Mennonites. The Amish would teach more salvation by works. And the Mennonites teach more salvation by grace. Now, there is still a lot of emphasis on works. And that's what I grew up. The New Order Amish teach more salvation by grace, but also you still have to do all these good works. When their concept of good works, how is that evaluated by God according to their belief system? Basically, they would look at things in the Bible like commandments, like obeying. Like they would look at scriptures where it says to obey my commandments, okay. and they would attempt to obey every commandment. Like after we left the Mennonites, my husband had one of his cousins write him and was like, well, if you don't obey all these commandments, you can't make it to heaven. Well, I don't know what you believe, but my belief is not one of us can keep all these commandments, and that's why Jesus kept them for us and why he died for us. But they strive with everything within their being to obey every commandment that they see from the Word of God. Although the interesting thing is to me, there are some scriptures that they tend to overlook. So <laughs> there's not a total consistency there either. So when you came out of the Amish community and you went into the Mennonite community, and now you say you're Pentecostal, not a nominational X, Y, Z. Right. Were you aware that within the Christian fiction publishing world that Amish fiction was very popular? I think I had seen some books, but probably didn't realize how much it was. I did re- like, the Amish are aware that a lot of people are fascinated with them. Mm-hmm. And so I knew there was some of that out there, but I probably didn't realize how much of it. Have you read them? Honestly, I don't think I read any of them while I was Amish. Now, I have read some books since. Like, I read several of Beverly Lewis's books here a number of years ago. Okay. I have honestly not read very many of them, but... <laughs> You say, I grew up with it. I don't need the fiction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I used to think that pretty much all of them weren't like anywhere close to reality. Mm -hmm. But I have seen, like, I've been surprised at how much some of the authors, like just finding them online and intermingling on Facebook or whatever, how much some of them seem to really get to know the Amish people. And some of their stuff is pretty accurate. My question to you is this. A lot of people see the Amish way of life as ideal. 
Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? I'd say it's it's false. Okay. I think there's a lot of fascination and the Amish are romanticized and that probably is a lot because of all the Amish romance books. But the truth is it's not a romantic life. Mm-hmm. There is a simplicity that fascinates a lot of people and draws people. Like I see so many people say, how can I join the Amish? I want to join the Amish. And I'm like, why? And I think (laughs) it's because of the simple lifestyle. Like we all long for a time when things were a little simpler. And that's fascinating to us. Like for me growing up, well, maybe not so much growing up, but when I was older, looking at Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, reading her books, I was fascinated by that because it was a simple seem more like a simple lifestyle. We have a rat race today. And I think that's what people are fascinated by. And I will be quick to say there are good things within the Amish community. I do believe, I enjoy, I mean, I appreciate my heritage. Like, I'm not going to go knocking all Amish people, but they're human. And there is a lot that goes on that people do not know about. I love the community spirit, and that is one thing that I miss leaving the Amish. And that's something I feel like they have, like, going for them. It's a good thing to help each other. Just the close-knit community that they have, being there for each other. Yeah, there's a lot of also abuse that goes on within the Amish, like pretty much physical, mental, sexual. It's there. So they're not a perfect people. They're human. And especially, like I said, sometimes it seems the stricter they are, the darker they are. You make a good point, though. You make a good point about Amish being people. There was an expose that was done about the sexual abuse that went on in some of these Amish communities. And Mm -hmm. it was quite horrific. Some of the stuff was quite horrific. And you're listening to it because they have such a closeted background. A lot of stuff is not taken care of. I had a a young lady on the show. Her name is uh, Laura. She used to be Mennonite. And she talked about the abuse that happened in her community, right? Mm -hmm. And so a few of the Mennonite fathers came, and one of your fathers, the leadership came, and they were like, we understand what you're doing, but we want you to stop. And she said, no, (laughs) right? She said, no, I'm not going to stop because she started to get all these communication from these girls who were being hurt by the Mennonite community in that. And then you got, then the Amish expose came, I want to say in 2020 is when it came. I think it was like Cosmopolitan. I can't remember what magazine. It was a huge deal right then. And I'm glad that people are speaking more about it because it lets the Amish community know that, hey, you don't have to suffer in silence. That's one thing that helps. You don't have to suffer in silence. So I'm really glad that you're peeling back the veil on the community, there's nothing wrong with critiquing the community. People do need to know, hey, this stuff goes right. on. They're people. They need help. They need outs, too. And I think part of what makes it worse in those communities is because it's swept under the carpet. Like, yeah. sometimes even the mothers will tell their girls, you know, you can't talk about this. And they're huge on forgiveness. So if the, let's say the man that was raping a girl says, before the church, he confesses it because that's what he has to do if he's found out. He confesses it, so now they say, now you have to forgive him, which forgiveness is important, but does that mean we keep letting him be around her, and does that mean he shouldn't be punished for what he did? 
is swept under the rug and there are no consequences. And that's part of why it goes on so much. Yeah. Um, Laura mentioned something similar in the Mennonite mm-hmm. community. The guy was doing something to some child and he came before the church and they said, okay, since he, he's forgiven or whatever. And right. she's like, what? You know? And so but she came out of it though. See, she came out of it. And she actually, the way I have to have her back on the show one day, uh, her book was called Serving Two Gods because there was a Mennonite God and there was a God of the Bible. They were two different gods. And uh-huh. uh, she talked about that in her book. So I'm really glad you mentioned that because I want people to get a realistic view of this rather romanticized people. And I yeah. think that's a good thing. It's not like, it's like I say when I was telling, dear listener, I was talking to Anna before the show and I said, you know, I think Christian fiction isn't always safe fiction. That's why I think they read as Amish fiction thinking that's Christian fiction. And then you hear someone who used to be Amish telling you, hey, there's darkness there. There's secrets mm-hmm. and abuse. And then you start to realize, wait a minute, there are people just like us. <laughs> no. yeah. Maybe that's the shocker. You know? <laughs> there are people yeah. just like us. Now, I have to ask you, have you heard, it was on Dr. Phil, I think, Amish Mafia? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't actually watched it. Actually, I wonder if I didn't watch one episode. But well, I thought it was pretty, like, ridiculous. So. <laughs> okay, is that like, I don't think that happens a lot, okay? But I was, like, shocked that there was such a thing as Amish Mafia. And everyone kept thinking I was joking. I said, I'm not joking. They're called the Amish Mafia. And they had, like, they were on Dr. Field, I think, and they're in their clothes, and they had took a guy, dragged him behind a buggy, and doing all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like the godfather Amish edition, you know? And uh, I was just really shocked. So what what are yeah. your thoughts about that? Just looking from the outside, looking in, or from the inside, looking out, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> like if what I think of the Amish Mafia thing. Yeah. Is it real? Is it just? No, that's not real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is some crazy stuff that goes on in some Amish communities. I will not deny that. But yeah, I thought that show was pretty far-fetched of what I remember. It's been a while since I looked at it, but yeah. I just had to ask, because I was like, is this real? Like, did they have, like, families? Like, what was the family? The Yoder family versus some other family? I mean, I don't know. It just, it just started to get kind of ridiculous for me. <laughs> I just... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say the majority of Amish movies are not very accurate. Like, okay, there is some, like I said, I was surprised online and how much some authors are pretty accurate. But when it comes to movies, I haven't seen any yet, which... Obviously, I haven't really watched them either, but that are actually kind of accurate. Now, on a lighter note, on your blog, you showcase this thing that some Amish people do, which is to write family letters. Could you go into that for us? The circle letter? Yes. Yeah, I still am in two family circle letters, which I get like once or twice a year. But yeah, they're just every person in the family, especially after the family gets married or they do it with their close friends, like maybe they were in the youth group together and they get married and they spread out. So they don't really get to see each other. So they start a letter where everybody puts a letter into the envelope and takes like the old one out. And then they send it to the next person on the list. So when you get the pack, it's like, you know, maybe you have 10, 20 people in the circle and you read a letter from every person. It's their way to keep in touch with people that they don't get to see a lot. So I thought that was really cool, though. Because you mm-hmm. get interesting information from everyone, and it's kind of something yeah. to anticipate. We know right. that it's coming, so I like that. So what made you start your blog? <laughs> interesting question. 
my sister-in-law actually, like she never grew up Amish. Her mom was Amish, but she has a blog. She did more like ranch cooking and stuff. She lived in her, on a ranch out west. Okay. And she like enjoyed her blog. She did it for years, just as kind of a hobby. But she was like, you should start a blog about the Amish. And she's like, whenever she, once in a while, she would post Amish recipes because her mom grew up Amish. But she said that people seem to like them. So she was like, you should start a blog. I never considered myself a writer. So I made it. And it was kind of like, no, I don't think I could do that. But then I thought of it. And she told me she was making some money with it. And I was like, well, maybe I should give it a try. And I'm one of those people that I'm either going to do something all the way or not at all. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I decided to go for it. And I've been enjoying it. I was kind of surprised even with the writing how much I've been enjoying it. And dear listener, we go to her blog, and it'll be in the show notes here. She's going to show you different recipes. She's got a couple of photographs because the Amish people don't really take photographs, but there have been people who have taken photographs of the Amish. She talks about her own story. She talks about the dresses, the hats, I mean, the, the capes, not the capes, the caps, just different things, what church was like, weddings were like, all of that. She tells you about it in her blog here. So I devoured her blog, and I know you're going to enjoy it, dear listener. So make sure you go ahead and visit her blog. And what is your blog name, Anna? It's Amish-Heritage.org. One thing I love that you said, you said, I am proud of my Amish heritage. You don't look down on it. It's part of who you are. It made you who you are. Right. You may not be Amish anymore, but you still probably have a lot of it that still influences your life today. Like, what are some of the things that you do now that is still influenced by being Amish? Well, probably for me, definitely one is a hard worker. My kids will tell you I'm kind of a workaholic. Like, (laughs) I grew up like that. We grew up on a farm and we were always busy. And it's my family. It's like everybody enjoys working. We just, and like, I still like to garden, and I do some canning. I don't do anywhere close to what I did growing up. But, yeah, there's definitely some things like that are still influenced in my life now. There's been quite a process of the Lord taking me, like, taking the religion out of me, because I was definitely steeped in religion, and that was something that takes some time to get out of you. But, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey that the Lord has taken me on. I have to ask you about Rumspringa. Is that how you say it? Right. Rumspringa. Rumspringa. Tell me a little bit about that. Actually, that is not something I participated in because our church did not practice Rumspringa. Okay. I have some of that on my blog. My parents left the old order Amish because of some of those issues. They didn't want their kids doing the Rumspringa. Now, the Rumspringa is basically... After you turn 16, you join the youth group, and most Amish families, they want their kids to grow up in church. They want them to grow up, you know, living a good life. They really don't want them to go room spring up, but it is something they have allowed before they're members of the church to go out and just get a taste of the world, basically. Like a lot of the young men, especially, get a car. They drive cars. They wear store-bought clothing. They go out party late at night. A lot of them are into drinking and drugs and the whole thing. Then they kind of, the thing that often brings them back is the community. They appreciate their family and their values. And you cannot get married to an Amish girl unless you're a member. And so to become a member, you have to give that up. So basically the room spring is some of them, it would be from 16 to 20, maybe for about four years. Some of them it's longer, some of them it's shorter. It just depends. And not all the Amish Youth 
do that either. Like some of them just stay and have their little youth group singing, whatever. Yeah, it's basically allowing them to get a taste of the world before they decide to settle down and join the church and be Amish. I always want to know, because I kind of had an idea, then I kind of didn't, so I'm really glad mm-hmm. that you clarified that for me. Now, Anna, I just want to thank you so much for taking time to be with me on the show to just give us a view of what it was like growing up Amish, what some of the misconceptions have been, what some of the things are, and just your own faith walk. And Anna does a wonderful job detailing her story into faith. You can go to her website, her blog, Amish-Heritage.org. You can go there and view her website. She has recipes on there, beautiful stories, photographs, stuff like that. So one thing I want to tell you is that you're a blogger, and some authors out there want to simply blog, and they're writers. Mm -hmm. So this show is always about encouraging authors whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen to do so. So go ahead and encourage them out there today. Yeah, like I said, I didn't think I would be able to do that. And I'm not techie either, so I didn't think I'd be able to do the online thing. But I do say I give God the glory for where my blog has gone because I know, like my sister-in-law, she has struggled to, like, get very far with her blog. And it felt like God really helped me to do it, even though I didn't feel like I could. So (laughs) if you have it in your heart to do something like that, go for it. Anna, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us on the show today. Can't wait to have you back, and happy back real soon. My pleasure. And we were talking today to Anna Schrock. She is a blogger and former Amish woman telling us about her life as an Amish person. You can get more information by going to her blog, amish.heritage.org. Again, amish-heritage.org. Were you inspired today? Did you learn something you didn't know? Do you have a similar story and you want to share it, but you just don't know how to share it? Why don't you do what Anna's doing? Write a blog. Tell people about where God has taken you from. He's taking you from point A to point B, from darkness to light. What are you waiting for? Go ahead, pick up the pen, and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. And you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.